Welcome to another edition of Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. Whether you're tuning in on Spotify, tuning in on Apple Podcasts, wherever you're tuning in from, I thank you. I hope you rate me or subscribe wherever you're listening or, you know, give a review, especially if it's on Apple Podcasts. I greatly appreciate it. On this episode, the 50th episode of Touring the AFC South. I have the CEO of Carolina Blitz, Miss Bashtai Hurt. You're going to hear about how she got started and all those different things that she's into now a little later in the show. But up first, like always, we have our Get it off your chest segment. Now, this one, you know, I'm going to talk about the fans. Of course, you know, there's avid fans and fans is short for fanatics. But sometimes there are fans that take it too far. Now, of course, you know, yell and scream. You talk a little trash, things like that. Of course, people do that all the time. You know, Yelling, screaming in the stands, all those type of things. But what happens when you talk to a player on the court? Matter of fact, what happens when you talk to a player off the court? Those things happened pretty recently. Uh, More notably, Russell Westbrook off the court, guy trying to tell him about his game and get himself on camera and make himself famous and kind of getting in his space. Now, you know, that is a little crazy. Now we know that you would never really do that if it wasn't Russell Westbrook and security wasn't there and you knew he didn't have, if he didn't have as much to lose as he would for doing anything to you. You know you wouldn't do that at that point. However, you get the courage to try to do those different things when someone can protect you or step in and you think it's cute. Same thing with uh, a fan in Indiana basically saying any and all and everything to uh, Nurkic, the center for the uh, Portland Trailblazers, who wasn't playing in the game. Basically, um, for what it's rumored that the fans said that uh, something to the effect about his, something about his grandmother and about his his mom, uh, basically, I think the, the fans said his mom, about something about his mom die, wishing his mom would die, and uh, calling his grandmother a bee and you know actually his grandmother passed away from COVID by the way so 
Of course, he threw the phone and he got in his face. He didn't hit the man. Of course, plenty of people were saying, oh, we shouldn't respond to what was said by somebody in the crowd or what was rumored to be said by somebody in the crowd or anything like that. But what gives you the right to act a fool like that? So you think you can do it because you paid a ticket to act a fool and insult players and talk to anybody like that when you know in real life you would never talk to anybody like that because somebody will whoop your behind? Same thing on the street with Russell Westbrook. You know you, you could probably get away with some things because he only lose, he loses if he hits you or comes at you crazy. So I've got a solution for this. Um, I know it's a little bit of a radical solution. Some people will like it. Some people will not. And I'm pretty sure some people have heard me talk about this or say this before. But I think that people that do this or assault athletes for no good reason or do crazy things and come up to them, I think that if they insult or touch or do anything like that to athletes unprovoked or unsolicited, that they should get arrested. Not only should they get arrested, but when you do that, you waive your rights to have security or anything like that around when you're around with them. So you're going to be in a room with that athlete, no security, no anything, for three minutes. You've waived your rights to protect yourself or whatever. Well, you can protect yourself, but you're only going to have your hands to do that. Now, I bet with this radical form of, of, of handling things, I bet you that none of those exact words that you said or actions that you took would even happen without the security. So basically, what I'm saying is, you got all big and bad and courage, a lot of courage because you knew security was there. But I bet if some things like this happen, like say that guy met Russell Westbrook in a room where basically you, and you basically you waive your rights to do anything. I bet you some things would change. I bet some some things would change. Now, I'm sure pretty much it wouldn't be looked at as great for any athlete or anything of that nature. And someone would have some sympathy for the fan, even though whatever act he did was pretty cowardly. But I bet you those types of stipulations would change a lot of different ways people do things. And me personally, I'd love to see it because a lot of people think they're big and bad and tough and things like that. And, oh, I could do this and do that. Well, hey, do these type of things. Maybe you get your chance to prove it. That's just my thinking. I know it's radical. I know some people will agree with me. I know some people won't. I probably said it on here before. I really don't care. But people, because you pay for tickets or because you have an opinion or you this, that, and the other, does not mean you can walk up to people and treat them all any old kind of way. And then try to cry victim or foul or or do anything like that because they react to you. Act like you have some sense. Act like you have 
some sense, people. It's ridiculous. It needs to stop. But, hey, the NBA, anybody else want to chime in? Yeah, I'd love to hear anybody else's suggestions, but some of this mess has got to stop. Fans, you're getting a little out of control. And the people that say, oh, they should be able to handle this, that, and the other, it doesn't mean it's right for fans to do some of the things that they do either. Think on that. Think on that long and hard. That's when my get off your chest segment for the day. Up next, we have Vashti Hurt on touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. We'll be right back. Do you feel the need? The need for speed? Yeah, I know. We're not living in Top Gun times. But if you have a middle or high school student looking to gain speed or you are a collegiate or professional athlete that's wanting to get faster, then you need to check out Hulk Flash Performance, a partner of X3 Performance located at Boost Fit Club in Nashville, Tennessee. Middle schoolers, you can train up to two times a week for $200 and high schoolers, three times a week for $300. Now let me give you some facts about speed training. Speed training is a skill that grows like a tree, meaning you could see quick and dramatic improvements, but for the best results, those happen over long periods of time. Are you ready to commit to the process? If so, you can fill out the form at form.jotform.com backslash 212-725-252-786056. Again, that is form.jotform.com backslash 212-725-252-786056. And someone will contact you as soon as possible. Let's get, let's get you to top speed with Hulk Flash Performance. Welcome back to Touring the AFC South. I'm your host, Mike Patton. And I think last week or a week before I went to Carolina, had a guest from Carolina, then went back and had another guest from Carolina, and I'm going back to Carolina again. Uh, my next guest is the CEO of Carolina Blitz, Miss Vashti Hurt. How are you doing? Mike, I'm busy, but I'm with you, so I'm, I'm good. I'm good. It's been a busy, I don't know, it's been a busy, like, eight months. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Now, um, I did ha- actually have Sheena on as well. So I had to get the other half to come on and kind of, you know, bring it together like Voltron, you know. But um, I got to ask, um, you know, definitely you have an interesting story on how you got to where you are. Can you kind of explain to everyone how you kind of got to being, you know, where you are from where you started in terms of careers? Uh, Yeah, so... This is my second career. My original career was in banking. I was a stockbroker for a number of years, and it was something that I just did not enjoy. Uh, It wasn't my passion. Uh, I knew it was something that I did not want to do for the rest of my life. So um, I started writing. I had a friend who was well beyond her years as far as... uh, what we are seeing now, she was doing this like over 10 years ago. And she asked me to write just a 
sports column for her website and I didn't think anybody was going to read it and they did. And so that was kind of the, the birth of uh, what I'm doing now. Um, I would be on the trading floor writing articles, uh, but you know, I would always follow sports and played sports. Um, so that's how I kind of started. And I wrote for BSO for a while. And then I, um, I needed to transition to something that would allow me to grow and get paid. And so I would, I would apply for a lot of jobs and nobody would hire me. And I was like, you know what, bump this. I didn't like the way, I didn't like the coverage that was being, um, that I saw locally. I didn't like the way Cam Newton was being portrayed specifically uh, by the media. Uh, I felt that there needed to be more diversity, um, a different point of view. And so I decided to start Carolina Blitz. And, you know, the first couple of, I would say by the first year, year and a half, it really was, you know, I decided I was going to do it, but I didn't really go, I, it really wasn't a full-time thing. And so for the last about four years, uh, four or five years, it's been uh, my full-time job. And now we've grown, I have a staff of, um, what, four writers. And so, uh, yeah, Carolina Blitz is, 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 making a name for itself in the North Carolina market. And that's, that's what I wanted. I would say it's more than making a market for itself and definitely outside of the Carolina market, because definitely a lot of people I know, know you. <laughs> well, thank you. Yes, definitely. Um, now I want to, of course, I know you're uh, definitely on assignment now. So, you know, I want to value the time, of course, but I want to talk about Carolina and I mean, North Carolina and Duke. Uh, nobody really expected North Carolina to be here at this point. Well, a lot of people, I should say, didn't. Right. And as far as Duke, people expected that. So how do you explain just the different amount of, you know, I guess, expectations between one and the other at this point? I mean, North Carolina had some questionable losses, right? They got blown out by Kentucky. They got blown out by Purdue. They got blown out by Tennessee. It was just really an up and down type of season for for Carolina, but they have really been able to turn it on as of late. And it's kind of like the NFL, you know, the the team who starts playing well at the end of the season is kind of the team that gets things rolling and and could and could carry that momentum to the Super Bowl. And it's the same thing with the Tar Heels. Like it started, I think the prior to their loss to Virginia Tech, uh, Carolina had won, I don't, it was like, it's between six and eight, their last six and eight, six to eight games, uh, including that huge win over Duke and uh, their, in the regular season finale. So this is just the Tar Heels clicking at the right time. And quite frankly, they stopped playing soft. Uh, and that that, you know, Hubert Davis talked about that. And I think that came straight from him. Uh, you know, they started being a tougher team and, and that benefited them, especially against Marquette and Baylor in the NCAA tournament where, you know, you had squads who were trying to kind of play bully ball and the Tar Heels were able to respond. So they're just clicking at the right time. And the way that they've been playing, like they can literally beat anybody. North Carolina is not your typical eight seed. So when, you know, they were a team at one point, I think at the beginning of the year, that was ranked in the top 10, top 25, I know for sure. 
So this is this is a team that has talent and is clicking at the right time, which is March. And they'll play a tough UCLA team, but you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they made it to the final four. Hmm. Okay. Now as far as Duke, you know, that was an exciting game that they had in the last game. And, you know, of course, there was a lot of uh, trepidation from some Duke fans thinking maybe this is it. But ultimately, it wasn't. I mean, can you just explain just the energy surrounding that team right now? Just Yeah, I've been covering Duke and Coach K's final season all year. And, and it's and it's been interesting. Uh, you know, players honestly are tired of hearing about it. They're just focused on winning. Uh, but it's something that comes with playing for Coach K. And when you have the GOAT in college basketball announce that, you know, he's leaving, it's just going to, there are going to be constant questions about it. There are going to be, there's going to be twice as many media covering your school. Um, it's going to be, you're going to have the heavy hitters there. You're going to have the New York Times and the LA Times. And these are, these are uh, teams that sent, representatives to cover K's last game. These are teams that who are here in um, in San Francisco, where I am right now covering the Blue Devils. So, you know, that just comes along with it. And this Blue, and this Duke team has had their ups and downs. You know, they've, you know, blown out Gonzaga and they've blown out Kentucky, but, you know, they lost to UNC and they lost to Virginia Tech. So, uh, it, it will be interesting to see what they do with a very veteran uh, Texas Tech team who prides themselves on defense. It won't be an easy win. Um, and if Duke makes it to the Final Four, they're going to have to earn every game. Uh, but I don't think that the Blue Devils would have it any other way than to, you know, than to have to have to toughen it out to, to get to New Orleans, especially um, during Kay's last season. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now I'm going to transition a little bit out of basketball, March Madness. And of course, you know, it's a football show. So we got to talk about the Carolina Panthers. And mm -hmm. to be honest, looking at their quarterback position right now, they may have probably probably one of the worst quarterback positions in the NFL at this point. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'll throw a name out there. I don't know if this will happen or not. And I don't know if this they're even looking at this player. But Jimmy Garoppolo, um, I know he's not necessarily the most wanted name. <laughs> but then again, Sam Darnold wasn't either. So do you think that they wouldn't be looking at Jimmy G or maybe the draft or anybody else for a quarterback right now or somebody we're not thinking about? Oh, there's no question that the Panthers are in the market for a quarterback. I don't think Jimmy G is it. I mean, they're looking for an upgrade, a considerable. I mean, Jimmy G will probably be an upgrade from Sam Darnold, but we're talking about the Panthers need a considerable upgrade, and Jimmy G just isn't it. So um, I think they'll look to the draft. I wouldn't be surprised if they if they went with the Malik Willis. Uh, a lot of people say maybe Kenny Pickett. Or maybe they go offensive line. And uh, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they brought Cam Newton back. Uh, I, you know, uh, a, a healthy Cam Newton gives the Panthers more, uh, a better chance to win than Sam Darnold. And, you know, people can say that Cam Newton is washed and all of that. Cam Newton is, is this is not the Cam Newton who won the MVP. But, you know, he doesn't necessarily have to be. 
if if he's surrounded and he has the right he has the right weapons and he has the right protection. So the Panthers have made uh a, a made getting uh solidifying their offensive line a focus this offseason. And so, you know, I think they can go a number of ways, but I do think quarterback is an area where they are they've been very clear that um you know, that's the, the most important position on the field. And that's an area where they know that they have to get better. Jimmy G, you know, obviously Baker Mayfield is th- those guys aren't it. Uh, I think I think they'll re- I think they'll keep Cam Newton before they sign one of those guys and draft a young quarterback and have Cam Newton kind of play a mentor type role. Um, but, yeah, it, it, definitely I, I would be. I don't think Sam Darnold is the guy, and I don't think the Panthers think he is either. Yeah. And, you know, I had to throw uh, Jimmy G out there because literally everybody is like, why is he still in San Francisco? So, you know, that would be, you know, I I thought it was pretty funny to add. But, yeah, I know Jimmy G is probably not going there. (laughs) But, um, you know, I want to ask about another quarterback that's actually in that area that is actually, you know, entering the NFL draft, which is uh, Sam Howell from uh, Mm -hmm. North Carolina. Now, uh, what have you heard? Have you heard anything about him? I haven't heard his name mentioned quite as much with the Pantheon of the other quarterbacks that are available. Yeah, I haven't heard his name either. You know, coming into last year, uh, prior to last his last year in North Carolina, like everybody was like, oh, he's going to be the top quarterback picked. And it just wasn't a good year for the Tar Heels on the football field. And so his stock kind of dropped. Um, I think he'll still get picked up. Uh, with, by a team who already has an established quarterback and maybe is looking for a guy to um, to have, you know, to where Sam Darnold will be able to, not Sam Darnold, Sam Howell will be able to uh, play the role of a uh, mentee um, uh, to maybe to maybe an established quarterback. So, yeah, I, 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 it, Howell will get drafted. Uh, Howell can throw a deep ball. He's highly competitive. He showed... Uh, last season, his ability to um, to run the ball more. Uh, so, you know, he's he's not a bad quarterback, but he's not going to be one of the top guys drafted. Gotcha. I wonder if he's uh, I wonder if anybody in the AFC South is looking at him, because I know <laughs> that the Tennessee Titans are more than likely looking for a young guy to, you know, kind of be the backup to Ryan Tannehill or eventually replace him. And of course, I know Indianapolis. I don't know how sold they are on Sam Erlinger. And well, uh, Indy just signed. Uh, he's got Matt Ryan, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. But uh, as far as Matt Ryan, you know, I, he's a veteran guy, but I don't say he's going to be their long-term guy. So I, they yeah, could potentially look, but you know, it, you never know. You never know because you know you hear that going tomorrow. In yeah, so, absolutely. Um. Yeah, so we got a little bit of Carolina talk. And as you see, Vashti is very well-versed when it comes to the football and the basketball talk, and and that's why I want to bring her on. But, of course, it's time now to play a game. Okay. (laughs) I've got two answers for you. You got to pick one. Now I have to pick one? You got to pick one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I – Wrote down a few answers, and yeah, the first one, yeah, you're not going to be too happy with. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, I have no problem with not picking one. So, <laughs> uh, depending on depending on what you're going to ask, because you're, you're doing a bird man rub, and I don't trust <laughs> anybody who rubs their hands together like that. 
All right. Well, first one, return of the Mac or nails on a chalkboard? Nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> like, no question. Return of the Mac is the worst song ever produced. It is stupid. I don't enjoy the song. The song haunts me. And Nails on a Chalkboard really isn't that bad, comparatively <laughs> speaking. You know, I had to pick with, about that song because I, I uh, you hear about it all the time. <laughs> I know. I know. I did that to myself, like, publicly putting that out there and now it's like you know now everybody wants to wants to troll me about return of the mac so no it was part of the question but it was just all in fun <laughs> um now duke football or north north carolina state basketball Ooh, I, <laughs> north carolina state basketball because at least they have a history of winning you know or being yeah. competitive, Duke football. Now Duke, they did go to did go to the ACC championship a while ago, but like Duke is such a basketball school. Like nobody really pays attention to Duke football, even when they're good. So I, I NC State basketball, yeah, definitely. Cam Newton or Sam Mills? Oh, Cam Newton. I honestly. And this will be controversial because I don't even really talk about this on social media. But Sam Mills legitimately, when he came to the Panthers in the twilight of his career, he was not that great. I mean, he was literally like an older guy, you know, and, and he made an impact as a coach and his keep pounding, of course, is Panthers slogan. So he made an impact in that way. But if we're talking about uh, impacting the franchise and and in in a real football way, Cam Newton all day. There's there has been no one, uh, and Steve Smith is there. He's up there, but he's not. He's not. He did not have the impact on the, the Panthers franchise that Cam Newton had, and so that that's that's quite easy. <laughs> your, your your co-host said the same thing. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, let's not. I mean, Sam Mills, even even with his Hall of Fame, I was at the NFL Honors, and when they announced him as a Hall of Fame member, they didn't even talk about the Panthers. Like they talked about his time wow. in in um New Orleans. So it's not like like even when they ran his highlights, I didn't see one Panthers highlight. It wow. was about what he did in New Orleans. So Sam Mills, a football player, when he came to Carolina, he was not that great. The coach made an impact. His speech, his keep pounding, his fight, his fight. You know, as far as cancer is concerned, Carolina has kind of appropriated Sam Mills. But I mean, Sam Mills, what he did on the football field—that was in New Orleans. It wasn't in Carolina. Gotcha. Vince Carter or Antoine Jameson? Vince, only because, like, I, I think that Antoine was a better college player overall. But Vince was more exciting, and and Vince had that bounce. Vince had a Vince was a a a, a formidable NFL in sorry NBA player for like Vince literally just retired a couple years ago. That's true. At the age of sixty five, like come on. <laughs> I thought he was one hundred and three. <laughs> um, all right, and then the last one: Christian Leitner or Grayson Allen? Are we? Well, okay. <laughs> I didn't I didn't watch Christian Leitner play 
Um, are you asking who's most hated? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, Grayson Allen. <laughs> I mean, for me, for for like so when Christian Laettner played in like the early nineties. I was very, I was pretty young. So I wasn't watching Duke basketball then. So if we're talking about millennials, uh, I'm, I'm going to say Grayson Allen because, I mean, I even, I posted a video from years when Duke got eliminated from the NCAA tournament. This was years, I, I'm, yeah, years ago. And I guess Grayson Allen had another tripping incident recently and people are still referring mm -hmm. to that video and posting comments about how much they hate Grayson Allen. So yeah. Grayson Allen's hate is not just limited to Duke basketball haters. It is now uh, trans uh, transferred over to NBA um, because of his alleged tripping habits. So yeah, I'm going to say Grayson Allen. Well, he upgraded from tripping habits, actually, because what he did was he caught a guy in the air when he was going up to the basketball. Oh, that's right. And broke his wrist. That's so, right. Yeah. But yeah, he's back now. And that's what I find interesting. So I would love for them to meet in the playoffs. But um, last question I got for you. And this is actually that's the end of the game. <laughs> no more questions. Okay. There. But uh, who is a black woman that inspires you to kind of do what you do now? Um, I mean, I to me, this is always an easy question, and I always answer it the same way. Uh, it's my mom which is crazy because, you know, I didn't necessarily, I don't, I, there are a lot of black women who are doing their thing in sports journalism. Um, and I think that I'm constantly inspired by, you know, my um, people who I see every day, like Sheena or uh, uh, um, I, I can't even like Mikkel um, just people who are grinding and understand uh, Ashley Baker. Like these are women who are in the grind, who are in the trenches and who aren't giving up. And so I feel like we inspire each other. But from a from a larger sense, I mean, it's my mom. My mom was a journalist. Um, I never thought that I would follow in her footsteps in that in that in that in that lane. But I have. And um you know, she's been supportive. She's been my mentor. She's been my momager. She's been my uh, marketing person. She's been my uh, uh, everything. And so she's, she's just been it for me. And um, she also, uh, she and through what, through my family taught me the importance of owning your own and entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship. So um She's she's it for me. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I want to thank you for your time um, and coming on. You know, uh, this month I've had all black women as guests. That yeah, I like the shirt, like energy. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's got more sayings on it. If you want to see, see, I've got okay. Three, got Free, all of that. Love, defense, support, love, all of that. Yeah. Black yeah. women, yes. So it's got all that on there, and I actually designed this shirt. So. Oh really? I yes. need one. I'm gonna. I'm let send me the info so I can purchase, please. Gotcha. I got somebody that can make it for you. Okay. All right. Uh, but uh, you know, 
I want everyone to be able to follow you, to catch your work and everything like that. If you can, give uh, out, you know, social media and whatever you're working on now. Yeah, right now I'm San Fran. So Carolina Blitz is knee deep into NCAA tournament coverage. I'm here and one of my writers, Terrence, will be in Philly covering the Tar Heels uh, this weekend. And hopefully we'll have Duke and UNC in the final four. We'll see. But um, you can follow on uh, Twitter at Keep Blitzen, or if you search Carolina Blitz, you'll find us there. Carolina Blitz Facebook, Carolina Blitz Instagram. Um, so, yeah, if you search Carolina Blitz, we're, we're social and you, you can find our work. And, of course, CarolinaBlitz.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again for your time. And thank you, everyone who's been listening and watching. You've been uh, watching and listening to Touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. We're out. <laughs>